Welcome to the Impact Show. Beyond training, beyond practice, this is the podcast for strength and conditioning coaches, sport coaches, personal trainers, and sports fitness entrepreneurs who want to increase the impact they have on the people around them. And now, here's your host, coach, author, and entrepreneur, Jim Kilbasso. Welcome back to the Impact Show. I'm Jim Kilbasso. Thanks again for joining us on our journey of making an impact on the people around us. Um, before we get started with today's guest, uh, I, I just wanted to thank everybody for all of the messages and support that I've been getting over the last um, last few days and, and week uh, about the IYCA announcement. It has been absolutely overwhelming, uh, the number of people that have either called, emailed, texted, um, sent me messages on Facebook, um, just supporting it, being excited, asking if they could contribute and how they can get involved and questions about the conference in April. So I, I just really appreciate it. It's very exciting and I'm looking forward to that. Um, if you are thinking about coming to the conference in April, make sure that you get that on your calendar now. It's going to be April 27th through the 29th here in Detroit, Michigan. Actually, it'll be outside of Detroit. We're going to spend uh, two of the days at the Embassy Suites in Livonia, Northville, and we will spend one of the days inside Total Sports Complex, which is where our training center, Total Performance, is, and that will be a, a complete day of hands-on stuff, which I think is going to be pretty awesome. So put that on your calendar, and I will get more information and registration details coming out very soon. All right. Now that I don't have to thank the IYCA for being our sponsor, um, because it's just part of everything now, um, now we can just move on to our guest. And today I've got uh, I've got a special guest, somebody that... I, I haven't known that long, but uh, our paths seem to have crossed many, many times. And I have somebody that is currently working at Total Performance that it turns out is a good friend of this person. And um, he's done a lot of great things. He's, he played hockey at Miami University in Ohio and ended up playing um, for the Atlanta Thrashers organization for several years in the AHL. And, you know, I'm not going to spoil all the stuff that he's done since then, but he now runs a private strength and conditioning service and also runs a website, a membership website that you'll probably be familiar with that we'll be talking about how that all came to fruition here in a second. So without any further ado, I'd like to welcome Brian Sippets from Advantage Strength and Conditioning in Ann Arbor, Michigan to the show. Brian, thanks for coming on today. Jim, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be on. Um, you know, it, it was an interesting introduction that we had. Matt Cady, who now works for me that I just mentioned, told me that he had a friend up here, and I think you reached out to me, and we went and had lunch, and I felt like I had known you forever. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I get the feeling that's probably how a lot of people feel. That's kind of your demeanor. Um, what, you know, so I, I've, really, I've really appreciated that. Why don't you kind of give everybody a little bit of an overview of your experience experiences getting to the point that you are right now owning a business a, a strength and conditioning business it's kind of a kind of a weird story i think it's a little bit different than other people's yeah well first thanks for that um yeah that lunch was was great i know i learned a lot and um you know matt had said that you're all around great guy and you're proving that to be true so um <clears throat> you know i really appreciate the time you took and sort of the relationship we've built since then so it's been great um 
you know, so to be honest, on the business side of things, <clears throat> I wish I had a cooler story. Um, <laughs> you know, getting, 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 when I, long story short, um, once I was done playing hockey and I moved back to Ann Arbor here, um, it was basically someone put it in my lap and just said, you know, we have this space here. Would you be interested in, in running training back here? And I, I was like, oh, you know, sure, that, that would be great if, you know, so you guys would buy the equipment and put everything in there and I'd just manage the training or they said, no, no, it would be your business. Um, you know, you'd have to do all the business stuff. And I was like, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, not having any kind of business background, just being a former athlete. Um, so anyway, did some digging around for about a week and it, the, the pieces ended up falling into place. And I think, um, you know, that's how advantage was started. We were started in the, in the middle of, um, a sports equipment store and a, bunch of batting cages in a warehouse space. So we had about mm, about 3,000 square feet of turf that was already there, and we just sort of outfitted it and, and got going from there. So, And we've grown since then to um, about 4,200 square feet, and we're now in a different location that's definitely more conducive to our, to our hockey audience. So we moved into the former training space of the U.S. national team, uh, the national team development program, which is a, um, a USA hockey team that it's the top 16 and 17 year old players in the country. And they bring them all in to Ann Arbor. Um, and it's now in Plymouth at USA hockey arena. So they moved out of Ann Arbor and we took over their space and moved in. So, um, sort of fortunate for us and definitely great to be in a rink, but, um, yeah, in terms of starting a business, I, I guess coaching is more of my passion and helping young athletes and helping people understand the value of athletics is really my passion. I guess the business side of things just ended up being the vehicle that that is is driving that. Well, what I think is cool though about your experience is that I think a lot of people getting into this business feel like well, I've got to, you know, I've got to be Mike Boyle status before I even think about opening something up, you know, and they get kind of frozen uh, by lack of experience, I guess, or, um, you know, they just don't, they don't feel like they're ready. And I think you got into it and had that opportunity that you, that you took on because you weren't aware of how hard it was going to be. Exactly. Uh, and, yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, so, so rather than, you know, I think people who do internships and work at places, um, they see how hard things are uh, from a business standpoint. And they kind of stop themselves from maybe opening something up and taking that risk because you really didn't know that you jumped in and it and you didn't have all that experience and you didn't have, you know, internships and training background and all that kind of stuff. So um, it just, you know, you just took it on and, and it worked out for you. So, you know, what what were you thinking? And I, I think it would be a, a great kind of discussion for people to understand you don't have to be perfect at this and you don't have to be super well known to make things happen in your life yeah and that's that's one thing i mean i i um wasn't a local wasn't an ann arbor local i didn't have a bunch of ties the reason it floated off the bat was because 
you know, the I guess the niche that we inadvertently selected didn't exist, right? So we started working with teams, and that was the main drive. That was my biggest um, interest was working with teams because coming from a college background, that training environment to me was the most fun. College workouts with the team were always the best time, whether it was 6 a.m. or you know, post-practice lift, whatever it is, preseason stuff, whatever it was, training with the team was difficult and it was great. Um, and I wanted to, to sort of recreate that. So we set things up and that's why we're a strength and conditioning and not a fitness or sports performance or whatever it was like, because in college you have a strength and conditioning department, right? So advantage strength and conditioning advantage was the name of the building we started off in. So I named it advantage so that we would seem bigger than we really were. So there's a little smoke and mirrors right off the bat, but, um, you know, I think um, the the thing that really got us going was that number one that niche didn't exist, and number two I was I had started coaching um, high school hockey as soon as I got back. Like so, I, I was like, oh, as soon as I was done with my career that summer, I took a high school coaching job just because I wasn't really I, I didn't I hadn't made plans for post uh, post hockey, so. I was, I knew some of the other coaches. And so we started off with about four teams, um, along with a couple other random connections in town. We started off with about four or five teams that sort of foot the bill for the first year or so, right? So we covered rent, wasn't really paying myself anything, but luckily we had some savings. And, um, so yeah, it, it, it started off as sort of accidentally falling into the right space. And I think you're right. It's, it, if I would have known how hard or how lucky we were to get moving, I, I think there, I probably would have had the brakes on and, and, um, maybe wouldn't have gone for it. But, you know, just a couple, you know, a couple of those connections. And also I was in with some great coaches with the national team coaches, um, Daryl Nelson, who's the strength and conditioning coach. I got to know right away when I got back into town and, um, you know, obviously we have, we have the website together now, but, um, also Carrie Kyle, who is very popular and well-established as a, as a power skating coach. She's the national team skating coach and also, um, coaches here in town. So, so, you know, knowing those people right off the bat and, and kind of earning their respect and, and thinking along the same lines as other great coaches, you know, that sort of gave me a, um, and an establishment in town here, not being from here. So, um, yeah, very, very much just got to know the right people sort of accidentally. Um, but I think you're right. A lot of, a lot of it was, I think maybe what I don't give myself credit for very often is that I, I put it out there, you know, just march out with confidence and, and, um, you know, good things tend to happen. Yeah. So, uh, w- when you got back into town, yeah, I-, I think something that would be interesting to talk about here was there is a lot of athletes, well, pretty much every athlete, mm-hmm. sports sports ends for people at some point in their life. And I think that transition from playing sports at a high level, or it doesn't even matter necessarily what level it is, to stopping and starting something new, I think that's very difficult for a lot of people. I have personally 
um, had to kind of coach people through that transition where they're not sure if they want to if they're done you know and then they sometimes grind it out i think hockey is hockey is a notorious sport for guys hanging around and um taking lower level or lower tier positions for for years because they're not sure what they're going to do afterwards and a lot of football guys that i that i've trained they all kind of think like well you know uh, maybe i'm going to coach when i get out because they don't know anything but the sport um kind of let's let's talk about that a little bit like what would you tell somebody that's kind of getting ready to be done with a with a sport whether it's pro high school college you know is there life after sports yeah that's a great question and i kind of from the beginning was uh, i guess a non-hockey hockey guy um i went sort of a non-traditional route i guess it might be a traditional route but it doesn't happen much these days where I went to, you know, I guess the one real hockey decision I made was I left home at 15 and went to boarding school. I went to Culver Military Academy. And um, so that was kind of a hockey decision. I knew I wasn't going to, I wanted to play collegiate hockey. I knew I wasn't going to do it from my hometown of South Bend. And um, so I went to boarding school to play hockey. And from there, it was kind of like, after my senior year in high school, I'm going to go to college the next year. So whether it's I had I had opportunities in other sports, um, also, but I wanted to play hockey, and it was one of those where some teams were like, "Well, we we were interested, but we want you to play juniors for a year." And I don't know for some reason it just it wasn't interesting to me to do that. I, I wanted to keep going with school, and fortunately, it worked out for me that. You know, Miami was interested enough, and because of my size, I mean, a lot of guys, they want to go to juniors because it gives them a year or two to get stronger and um, bigger and stronger. So I didn't, I was pretty big and somewhat strong, I think. Um, so I, I didn't have that physical barrier. So I went right to college, and um, right after that, things worked out for me to stay in Chicago. My first year pro was the lockout year, so there was no NHL. Mm. And um, the trickle-down effect, I thought there was no way I'd be staying in the American League. And so it ended up working out that way. So I, I stay in Chicago. And so for me, it's always been this like linear path. And, um, you know, a lot of people, they sort of, they, they might bounce around a little bit. I was with one team my entire American League career and then played one year overseas um, to close it out as sort of as almost like a vacation year I guess <laughs> um, but I always kind of knew that there that hockey wasn't the thing wasn't the ultimate thing um, so I feel like even though I you know I got my degree and everything which a lot of hockey players don't I think that's why you see a lot of guys hanging on for dear life is because there's two routes to take you know you can go you can go to junior where after high school you just play hockey and hope to make it to the professional level. And then there's the other track is NCAA. So a lot of those guys are in pretty good shape when they're done um, with the degree and, and other interests and all that kind of stuff. But to go back to your original question, I think one of the most important things is to get involved in something while you're playing. Um, it can seem like a hassle at the time, but Look, when you're when you're a professional athlete, you're done with your day at one o'clock. 
most most people. You're done with your day at one o'clock uh, on a practice day. Now you pay for that on the weekends and stuff where you're, you know, into the rink a couple times a day, and you know, Friday, Saturday nights are basically eaten up all year long. But during the week, you're done at one o'clock. So um, find something that you love doing and start doing it. I'll use an example here, and I don't know Jeff Lerg. Um, but he's been playing. I know Jeff. I want to say he went to Michigan. Yeah, Michigan State. Yeah, Michigan, Michigan State. State. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know him personally, but I know a lot of I know of several of the coaches that work for him. He is he runs his he runs his business right now as a, as he's a professional athlete. Right. Yep. So you know he he does his his thing in the morning with the team, and then he'll come home and sort of manage the business. Well, that's great because he knows that he has something to come back to as he's coming back. So um, that's really impressive to me when I heard that. And, you know, I, I think it's just, it's about setting yourself up when you're in your sport and <clears throat> you're finding something that you love to do. And if it's, if, if it's in athletics, then, which it is for most people, then luckily there's plenty of opportunities out there for, for a lot of former athletes now. You know, I think that's great advice, and I think it's I think it's great advice for for anybody. You know, it, here's the problem. I think we have to balance as coaches. You always want to tell people, you know, burn burn the boats, burn the bridges, like go for it. You've got to go all in to something, or you're not going to get anything out of it. You know, you got to jump in with two feet. You know, you hear all these different all these different quotes and sayings, and how you have to commit a hundred percent and all these things. But then the flip side of it is, well you kind of also have to be well-rounded and think about other opportunities. So how did you balance that? I mean, because you, when you were playing, you were all in. Um, but you also kind of in the back of your head knew that you weren't. So were you truly all in? And can can you be all into something and still have your mind on something else? You know, I think that's a, you know, that's a, that's a tough question. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think just like with anything else, I mean, to know the end goal before you start is helpful, you know? So just like, um, you know, with the business to see what, what you want it to look like in the future is, is part of what allows you to create that future. You know what I mean? So for me, I, I think, I think you have to be realistic about, especially, you know, any kind of, well, every sport is physically demanding, but, um, know that it's not going to last long. It's not going to last relative to your life. Your, your time in sports is not going to last long on a competitive professional level. So you have to be realistic and know that while you are going to be all in while you're doing that, there's just no way that it's going to be sustainable for, for you on the player side of things. There's no way it's going to be sustainable as a, as you know, a lifetime thing. So you you know, while some players have the luxury of storing away enough money to last them a lifetime, I was not one of those. But um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of players that kind of have that luxury and can play around a little bit when they're done. But if you're at the American League level or or any the D League level or whatever it is, whatever sport you're in, just knowing that. You may get a shot, you may not get a shot, whatever it is, but you got to be good at something after that. So, um, and to be honest, I don't, I wouldn't say that I was all that well prepared. I was, you know, I started coaching a high school hockey team just to sort of kill time and, um, was looking for like 
athletic administration jobs. So we, you know, we have several schools around us here, and so looking for NCAA administration jobs, and you know, wasn't getting a sniff there because I had been out of school for so long and didn't have any kind of internships or connections or anything like that. So, you know, like I said, this opportunity sort of fell into my lap, and it was one of those things where it was like, well, I might as well give it a shot, you know, mm-hmm. and. I think part of it is is having the guts to do it, and part of it is having that mindset where you're going to grow into whatever you. So for me, the 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 mindset is like I don't know squat about this right now, but I consider myself a pretty good learner, so I guess I can learn about this, you know. And so some of it is yes, being prepared, and some of it is just having the guts to take an opportunity and give it a shot. Yeah, you know, it's the stuff that you're saying right now. I think it's. I, I hope it's resonating with everybody listening because you hear different things. You get different advice from people about, you know, like like I said earlier, you got to be all in, or you have to you have to know exactly where you're going, or you'll end up somewhere else. Um, but there's always a flip side to that. You know, sometimes stuff happens, and you've got to recognize an opportunity when it's there. And at that point, it's you know, do you jump on it or not? And I'm, I'm, I've heard this over and over from people like even Eric Cressy, when he was on the show and Eric is considered, you know, wildly successful in this field. Um, he didn't plan on being a baseball strength coach. You know, it, it kind of happened. And then he realized that there was an opportunity there. Um, I'm going through that right now. I, I, I didn't. I don't feel like I know exactly what to do with the IYCA and how to run all their software and do all these things. But you, you know, when an opportunity is there, sometimes you have to jump on it and, and figure it out. You had another opportunity that you jumped on, and I think that's really cool. Is is uh, the website HockeyStrengthAndConditioning.com? Um, you really had no idea anything about membership websites, and I don't even think you probably knew much about the site. But you got introduced to Daryl Nelson, who you know, correct me if I'm wrong, was a partner in HockeyStrengthAndConditioning.com with Mike Boyle and Anthony Renna, who are fantastic people. And at some point, Mike kind of wanted to get out of that, and Daryl took it on. But because of your relationship with him, asked you to, to somehow be involved and take it on. So there's another opportunity that you kind of jumped on. Tell us more about that experience and how that kind of, how that all went down and why you decided to jump on that while you were also, you know, jumping into a business that you weren't even sure about. Yeah. I think, um, that was, you know, like I said, being around the right people is, you know, timing is fortunate. Knowing the right people is, is fortunate. And I think this is like another, another case of that. So knowing Daryl, he was a part of the site with, um, Anthony was out at this point because he was so busy with the strength coach podcast. And then Daryl actually, um, is a former intern of Mike Boyles. And, and so Mike asked him if he'd be interested in taking over his shares. So and Mike went out, Daryl came in and, and then it was, um, Mike Potenza and Sean Skane, who are a couple of NHL strength coaches and, uh, another guy by the name of Kevin Neal. So the four of them, were partners in the site and basically responsible for all of the content. Anthony had stopped doing the podcast because the strength coach podcast was blowing up. Mm-hmm. So he took that on full time and 
so they were left without a podcast and they sort of decided as a group that they needed to have that podcast going because it's a it's a good tool and it's great information so daryl sort of approached me and just said hey would you be interested in doing the podcast and i laughed i like i laughed in his face i remember it's like you kidding me nobody wants to listen to my boring voice like he like i would have to do some serious improvements in terms of <laughs> and, I, and i still haven't done that but i think um i've definitely gotten more comfortable as we've gone along we're 46 episodes into the hockey strength podcast now but um so um yeah that's how i got in i wasn't a part of the site i wasn't a, a mem- um they gave me a free membership which is great it's about congratulations uh, 100 bucks a year yeah thanks and um so with that i started it and my first interview was anthony donskoff who's a former college teammate of mine so i've i figured i'd uh, get a softball with him and he's awesome so that's that's cool i didn't realize that he played with you at, in miami yeah yeah and um so yeah and then we, we just went from there and started really simply with the with the podcast and then you know there were sort of some talks like things were getting tough with the site and the guys the nhl guys were having you know scheduling issues and the the partners weren't able to get together as much as they wanted to so we kind of came to the conclusion i've been doing the podcast for about a year and then daryl asked me if i wanted to buy in um or, or basically take over the shares um and the duties of the other guys so now it's just the two of us um and Sean and Mike are still great friends of the site and they still contribute quite a bit and, and all that. So they're still great part of the site, but Daryl and I are basically in, in charge. And, you know, that was one of those things where when it came up, it's like, God, do I need another thing on my plate? I had just, I had just stopped coaching high school hockey so I could focus on the business, um, and, and get things up and running to the point that I wanted them. And, you know, so it was like, is this another, is this another distraction from the business and all that? But what I came to figure out was that it's actually, it's right in line with the business and it keeps me plugged in. And, um, so managing that content and out there, always out there looking for content, it goes right along with sort of being my, my desire to learn and right along with my desire to contribute and write and all that stuff. And, um, so it's been, it's been great. It actually bolsters my efforts with the business because I, I feel like I'm, more in the know because I'm always out there sort of digging this stuff up. Yeah, well, so I guess, you know, the the theme of this show is kind of anti-everything you hear. <laughs> and 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 I love it because it, it has worked out really well for you and you're, and you're making things work. And I guess what I want people to think about, you know, maybe this, after they stop listening today is – you know, are there opportunities in front of you that you aren't taking because either you're scared or you don't feel well prepared or you haven't even noticed that they're there? Are you making the connections with people that you really should be? Are you taking the time out of your day to maybe send an email or make a phone call or um, invite somebody to lunch like you did with me? Is you know, and and are you um, are you are you only single? mindedly going after one thing and you're blind to a lot of other opportunities and I you know I I hate to be that guy that says you know you shouldn't you know put all your eggs in one basket but um, because that you know that's kind of the motto of athletics is you've got to be all in and I, I agree you do have to be all in but you can't be blind to opportunities and I think you're living proof that 
you know, being able to recognize an opportunity when it's there and then make a decision to jump on something and roll with it is that, that's a lesson that everybody can can learn from. And um, I hope that everybody listening, you know, maybe sits down and thinks like, okay, is there something is there something I'm missing? Is there something else out there that I've been ignoring that I know is right in front of me and that I've been kind of pushing to the side and and that maybe you're not ready to accept that that's sitting right there and it's something that maybe you need to do and I I'm just super glad that you could join us and talk about those things Brian um, I think I mentioned the I, meant, I mentioned your website a few times hockeystrengthandconditioning.com and advantage strength and conditioning in Ann Arbor um, is there is there anywhere else that you would like people to to go to follow you or or is there any other advice that you'd like to give to people based on your experiences yeah, I mean we're we're on social media, um, pretty active Twitter feed for HockeyStrengthAndConditioning.com. Um, you know that's probably the best one there. And then for the business, you know the Facebook page is probably most active. The Advantage Strength Facebook page is is most active. Um, but I think more importantly, I I think especially because we're we're speaking to as as coaches in the coaching community, we're speaking to a lot of former athletes and at whatever level i think one of the biggest things to understand is that while you learn a lot about sports psychology and mental toughness and all those things that go along with peak performance you're learning those things but just understand that and and something that really hit home with me in the the early days of the business was you're going to need those lessons more outside of sports than you ever did inside of sports inside you know whatever your your athletic career so just knowing and having that mindset that you you maybe aren't having a great game or you're you're not having um success with a certain style of play or whatever it is um know that that growth mindset that ability to bounce is going to be more important in your professional life than it ever was in sports and I think that's been a key for me the lessons that I learned in sports are what drives me and what allowed me to be successful as a as a business owner well success I don't know if I'm successful as a business owner yet but but we're having some success as as a business owner so, okay. so you're uh, making it work yeah so you know just just to understand that a lot of the tools while maybe you aren't learning things directly about your field while you're while you're in your athletic career just understand that you are developing tools that are going to help you in that in your future even even if you're not setting up a business while you're still playing or whatever it is um you're still you're still gaining tools that are going to come in handy later on so i've leaned pretty heavily on those that's great advice and maybe uh, all the coaches out there should be thinking about talking to their athletes about those things too because i think a lot of athletes just simply don't don't recognize that so mm-hmm. that's great advice so um i appreciate you coming on and i don't know if we can get a commitment from you on the air but uh i think we've talked about having you do a hands-on presentation at the iyca summit april uh, 29th that would be so that weekend so hopefully uh, hopefully we will get you to commit to that and um if you've enjoyed listening to Brian, hopefully you'll come to the conference and get to meet him in person and see what he's all about uh, and and kind of feel that same feeling that I got that you 
feel like you've already known him, even though you just met him. So hopefully you'll be able to make that. And Brian, thanks again for coming on to the Impact Show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Jim. And that's a yes. I'll do it for sure. No brainer. Bam. Bam. Right on the air. (laughs) Commitment. I love it. (laughs) All right. Thanks a lot, Jim. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Impact Show. We're glad you're joining us on this journey of making an impact on the people around you. Please visit us at jimkilbasso.com for more information and ideas to increase your impact. And of course, we hope you subscribe to our podcast to enjoy more tips, stories, and advice from our industry's leaders.